Dave Thomas, uh, Wendy's founder, was on the cover of their magazine or report, and uh, he was in a work apron, knee length, and holding a mop and a bucket. How many of you men know what a mop is? (laughs) Just a thought. And uh, they said, at Wendy's, MBA does not mean Master of Business Administration. It means mop bucket attitude. (laughs) Mop bucket attitude. That's what runs a church. That's what runs a conference. So come with me to a very powerful verses of Scripture in Matthew 20, verse 25 to 28. Uh, incredible verses uh, spoken by Jesus himself. Matthew 20, 25 to 28. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Everyone say servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Say slave. Mm-hmm. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life a ransom for many. Why did Jesus come? He came for one reason to serve humanity, to serve mankind. He came with a mop bucket attitude. He came to serve. If we want to be like Jesus, probably one of the most significant ways we can be like him is through being servants. The greatest in the kingdom of God are not your preachers, not your song leaders, not your great leaders as such, but it's the servants. According to my Bible, and I trust you have the same Bible as I have, Quote that I read, your care for others is the measure of your greatness. So I'm going to come a slide on the screen right now of all the vacancies for New Zealand and beyond team. And so I trust that you'll be able to look at some of those and think, yep, um, this is what I'd like to be involved in. This is what they're also on your your sheet there on your uh, uh, form that you've got there as well whole stack of areas, and maybe just leave that up for a few moments, and can you just pray and say, God, is it one of these areas that I can help in? Um, And I'm sure there's something that will apply to you. You've heard me say before, but the most valuable person in the church, do you know the most valuable person in the churches? (laughs) It's not me, (laughs) and it's not you. It's um, someone else, someone else. Whenever there's a role to be filled in a church, The name on everybody's lips is someone else. And the problem is, (laughs) someone else has left the church. So it leaves you and me. In fact, there was a church that had 200 members and had to fill all these roles. So watch this. 70 people had significant commitments, so they couldn't be involved. We understand that, don't we? So busy, got caught at so many things. Left 130. 40 have jobs that demand nearly all their energy. I mean, they're exhausted by the end of the week. So they can't help. That left 90. 
30 have family situations, difficult situation that's restricted their involvement, and there was actually 60 people left, getting a bit thin. Of those 60, 25 needed time to rest and recover. They needed healing. There was 35 left. Of those 35, 20 were sick, so they couldn't be involved. There's 15, we're down to 15 people. 13 were convinced they had nothing to offer. That leaves you and me, and I'm exhausted, so I'm out of here. You're the only one left. Can you see how it works, friends? Everyone has a reason why they can't be involved. But if we all had this, that reason, if we all gave that reason, who's gonna run the place? Who's gonna do the work? It can't be someone else. It needs to be me and it needs to be you. In fact, most of God's people are not great, but they're good. They're good people, they're not great. The ordinary people, most of God's people, nothing much to commend themselves except their devotion to God. Whenever there's something to be done, they're the first ones that put up their hands and say, hey, I'll do it. They're not known outside their own church. Why? Because there's nothing dramatic in goodness. People, only, people known outside the church are people who are great, you see. Good people are not. They're not known. But when they leave, when they go to eternity, they leave a fragrance of Jesus that lingers longer than most celebrities. Good people run churches. Not great people. We don't need great people. We need just good people. And you know, across our campuses, from Kaitai right through to Sydney, even in Tuvalu, we have so many good people. And I want to thank you for dispersing the fragrance of Christ. You may never be known outside of your campus, but heaven sees, and you leave a wonderful fragrance that many others don't. Thank you for being good and not necessarily for being great. We appreciate you so much. You know, they leave this fragrance wherever they go. You know, serving God blesses people. So when you drive in on a Sunday, someone helps you park your car somewhere, isn't that a blessing to you? When you walk in the doors and someone welcomes you, isn't that a blessing to you? When, when you leave your kids out there, wherever it is, and they go off to children's church, and you've got teachers out there that are going to look after them, how many of you feel that's a blessing? Give me a wave. Yeah. See, when you serve, you bless people. Right. You bless people. That's why we say serving is our privilege. It's not something we have to do. It's something we get to do. It's an honor to be able to serve God. And we, as a result, we bless people. And that's why Jesus came as a servant more than anything else. And that made him one of the greatest there has ever been. So if you want to improve your servant, servanthood, if you need a bit of practice at that, then uh, you, what you need to do is do small acts, small acts of kindness. Just start with uh, maybe the people closest to you so, or wherever. So if you see a, a bit of a, a mess somewhere, tidy it up. Or if there's some dishes left in the sink, <coughs> which I'm sure doesn't happen at your home, in your home or maybe at work, 
Why not clean it up? Why not clean that bench? It's a bit messy. If that's a servant attitude. Just do those small things. <laughs> Make your bed. We often say that. Pick up some rubbish. Put some things away. Make coffee for someone. Oh, thank you for that excited response on that point. <laughs> do some small acts. When you're walking around your church and you see a bit of paper or something on the, on the carpet, pick it up. Hello? Pick it up, all right? You know, so whatever it might be, just, just have that attitude that you are a servant. Uh, no one has to tell you to do it. You just automatically do it. You know, in uh, serve or service in the Bible is found 1,416 times. 1,416 times. My Bible has about 1,120 pages. That means that serving is mentioned more than once per page. More than once per page, there's something about serving. Can you understand that serving is what the kingdom of God is all about? You know, we're servants. More than anything else, uh, God wants us to be involved in serving. So we read uh, in... Remember we mentioned about Paul? He got saved on the road to Damascus. Once he got saved, the first question he asked, Lord, what would you have me to do? Why don't we all say that together? Lord, what would you have me to do to serve at New Zealand and beyond, says the Lord. <laughs> that was a trick, wasn't it? I wish my tricks worked. <laughs> So um, this is what I feel for today's message, a little bit different. I feel God wants to activate and release gifts in you, some gifts that you don't even know you've got. So allow the Spirit to touch you today and just see what's, what he's got in mind, uh, what he wants to do in your life. Pastor Brendan from our Rotorua. Hi, Rotorua. Um, tells a story of how um, he was studying sport at university and uh, not really walking with God at that time and certainly not serving. Anyway, the children's church director at that time was running a, one of those Friday front nights for the community kids and she tricked him into attending by saying it was a sports night. <laughs> so he turned up and got involved in it but he said this. He said, by the end of the night, this is not serving God, that, and he wasn't that going on for God that well. He said, by the end of the night, he felt this satisfaction and this fulfillment. Yes. So he offered to serve in kids' church regularly, and he enjoyed that. Then he started serving in, in youth as well as that. And today, you know, uh, he's pastoring down at Rotorua. He said he never stopped serving from that point on because he realized he said his own words, he said it was important to his spiritual health. Yeah, Serving is important to your spiritual health. Can I say that again? Serving is important to your spiritual health, your growth and development. How, how can you grow, how can you develop in working, walking with God or working for God if you're not serving? See, it just, it just goes hand in hand. In fact, why, you, you know, we need that aspect, I think, in our lives so that God can do what he wants to do in our lives. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 puts it this way. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Each one. 
That means every one of us should use whatever gift God has given us. And don't, you can't, no one can say you've got no gifts. We're going to see that very shortly. And you use it, why? To serve others. Not to serve yourself, <laughs> but to serve other people. And I think that's a really important thing that we need to understand. Some of you, like my list of 200 people, you may be doing it tough. And you, you may not feel in a good place to serve. I want to say this. It's okay to serve when you're not okay. You don't have to be okay. In fact, is anybody okay? <laughs> I mean, who's okay? <laughs> I don't think any of us are okay. We've all got our problems. We've all got our struggles. We've all got our battles. And uh, so we serve anyway. And I reckon sometimes when you're not okay, the best thing you can do is serve. Because then God can work in the areas that you find are not okay. You know, every role is important. Every single role. There was a church many years ago, probably still some around today, and it had a large pipe organ. I've seen some of these. They're magnificent things. And this woman would play it phenomenal. She was just outstanding. But what it required in those days was this young boy behind a curtain, and he'd, be pump, he'd have to push this pump to give, uh, to give life to the uh, organ so it would play. Anyway, one after one service that went particularly well, the organist said to the boy, didn't I play well today? And he said, didn't, not I, didn't we play well today? She said, no, no, I played well today. The young fellow thought, there's always next Sunday. <laughs> so the next Sunday, the organist, she hits the keys there, and to her horror, there is no sound. She's humbled. And the boy yells out from behind the gun, is it we or is it I? She said, it's we, it's we. So he starts pumping away, and the organ was played. The point, friends, is this. Whether your role is front line or behind the curtain, it's just as important. Every role is important. And so never minimize your gift. Never minimize the role that you might play. I want to go to the parable of the talents. It's a challenging, challenging passage. So just, just right now, why don't you just say, Lord, speak to me. Just ask the Lord, just the Holy Spirit, speak to me. Because this is a frightening parable, all right? So I'm not going to read all of it, but I'll read some of it. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. This is God himself who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each one according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made five other talents. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money or hid the talent. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with him. The person with one talent then says in verse 25, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. His Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. Take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. I won't read the rest of that scripture passage because it's too frightening of what actually happens to that lazy servant. 
I'll leave you to read that for yourself. So the three, three servants are given a talent, given five, two, and one talents. Now, the value of a talent, they worked it out, is today would be about a million dollars, a million dollars equivalent. So five talents is five million dollars, and the one with five makes five more, two makes two more, one, he buries it in the ground. I wonder how many gifts are buried in the ground today. They say that the cemetery is the richest place wealthiest place on the planet. Do you know why? Because there lie talents never used, books never written, songs never composed, inventions never made, qualifications never completed, careers never embraced, gifts never developed. Can I say this, friends, across our campuses? Please do not leave your gift buried in your grave, unused, undeveloped. That would be one of the greatest tragedies of your life, my life, of anyone's life. We are responsible to use and develop the gifts that God has given each one of us. Sitting in every campus, Kaitaia, Whangarei, City, West, Sydney, Rotorua, Tuvalu are incredible gifts and talents, exceptional gifts and abilities that have not yet been developed. Because every person made in the image of God has incredible gifts, has incredible talents and abilities. And our goal is to try and unlock those gifts and abilities as best we can. So right across campuses, would you please stand with me? Because I want to pray. You might want to hold out your hands, do what you like. But I want to pray, because I believe this is the burden of the Spirit for this message. Holy Spirit, I pray for every person across our campuses and online. Lord, I know that within each one of them are exceptional gifts, not small gifts, not minor gifts, amazing gifts, because they're made in the image of God. And Lord, I call upon heaven today. And I pray, God, in the greatness of your mercy, and loving kindness, would you unlock the gifts residing in the hearts of your precious people? Would you bring them to the fore and would you cause them to be used and developed and to become all that they've been and they're meant to be? Father, we pray and ask in the greatness of your kindness, great Holy Spirit, would you activate gifts all across Church Unlimited today would you do, really call forth the gifts and callings of God in every single individual that is found under the sound of my voice today? Father, we declare the release and the activation of gifts, even gifts that people don't even know they have. And Lord, let them be used, let them be developed for the glory of your name and the advancement of your kingdom. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I could feel the Spirit of God working on that prayer. Let's watch what God is going to do and see what God will develop in our lives. So the NIV refers to bags of gold, bags. And I heard one preacher say, let's say that, I've adapted this, let's say Billy's given one bag. And he tells Harry, hey, I got one bag. And Harry says, what? He said, I got bags. 
He got two bags. But then Johnny turns up and Johnny says, you got two bags. He said, no, no, I got five bags. Now, Billy and Harry, <laughs> Billy and Harry were happy with their one bag and their two bags until they went on Instagram and Facebook and they saw Johnny with his five bags. Then they were so depressed that they buried their talent, or the one with one talent, buried it and never developed it. Friends, do not compare what you have got with anyone else. You will end up depressed. You will bury your talent. It doesn't matter what it is. Use it for the glory of God because we're going to see something else that comes up very shortly with this. God trusted the servants with talents, all right? You hear a lot of sermons, sermons about trusting God, but maybe God trusts you more than you trust Him. Do you know that if you live to 80, God has trusted you with 673 million breaths. And each breath is to be used for the glory of God and to serve Him. Every breath is borrowed. Every breath is borrowed, friends. It's to be used for God. He's trusting you with 673 million breaths. What will you do with each of those breaths He gives you? See, it's not about how many talents you start with, but it's how you use them. Because God adds gifts. God adds gifts. Take the bag from the one who never used it, give it to the guy who had 10. God added to the 10 because he faithfully used his gifts. When you faithfully use your gifts, God adds to them, or he releases gifts that are within you. This is true of my own life. You know the story. I started working with children's church. Then I went to, you know, working with youth and eventually, you know, became an associate pastor. God kept adding gifts and then became a pastor here. And then God added radio. You do that faith. You keep serving. A lot of these things I didn't want to do. Then he said, I want you to do TV. I didn't want to do TV, but I ended up doing TV. Then he added, you know, travel and New Zealand and beyond. On and on it goes, friends. When you faithfully use your gifts, God adds gifts to you. He increases your scope. He increases your ability to do more and more and more. See, friends, there is a misconception that what you start with is all you've got. And what you start with is what you are stuck with. I say no in Jesus' name. Develop the gifts you've got. Use the gifts you've got and watch God add to your gifts and take you to levels that you never dreamed were even possible. It's not what you start with. It's not the gift you feel you've got today. It's using your gift, developing your gift and watching God explode it and expand it and take it to new places. Faithfulness with your gifts is everything. It's so, so important, friends. Encourage you to do that. See, would you rather have a million dollars today or have one cent today, but every day for 30 days it doubles? So here we are, folks. Let's say, <laughs> you want, what do you want? Do you want the, the million dollars or the one cent, which multiplies, doubles for every, for every day for 30 days? Who would want the million dollars? No one's going to answer this one, are they? Who would want the one cent? You, none of you get anything, all right? I'll take both. I'll take both. Watch this. The first day, the one cent doubles at two cents. Second day, it's four cents. Third day, it's eight cents. Fourth day, it's 16 cents. Then 32 cents. What? If you keep doubling it, and I did this, every day for 30 days, you end up with $5,368,709.
You see, friends, it's not what you start with. It's what you do with it. Use your gifts for the glory of God. Don't take the million dollars. Take that one small gift and use it and watch God multiply it. This theory is this. Use it or lose it. Tell the person next to you, use it or lose it. <laughs> Joel Holm, do you remember the story Joel Holm told? This man, backseat person, very rarely in church, not very rare. They asked him, would he mind picking up these couple of old ladies, bring them to church, I think it was once a month. And he thought, oh, okay. And finally did it for them once a month. And after a while, he kind of got to know them and he enjoyed it a bit. And then he started saying, oh, would you do it every second week? He started doing it every second week. Then eventually found the joy of serving. He did it every week. After a short period, after a period of time, he then was running a bus ministry, bringing, I think, hundreds of people to church every Sunday. It started small. Would you just pick up a couple of ladies once a month? Friends, with serving, here's the word of the Lord for you. Start. Just start. Start small. Start anywhere. Do anything you can. You know, offer yourself. Just say, look, once a year, I'm going to help in kids' church. <laughs> then you'll do it once a month and before you know it. Or, hey, look, I'll sign up for New Zealand Beyond, but I'm only willing to come one morning and I'll usher one morning. Hey, start. Tell the person next to you, just start. Journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. But once you start, watch what God will do. When you go to trade in your vehicle and you should have lost many thousands of dollars, you'll only lose a very small amount according to the testimony we heard today. God will do miracles in your life. It's an amazing, amazing thing. So the servant who got five talents, it says in the NIV, he went at once and used it. That's the key. At once. Start now, immediately. You know, the, the, the enemy's master weapon? Procrastination. Yeah. I will serve God one day. And you know the problem with that? It feels okay. Because you're not saying, I won't serve you. I've got God. One day, God. One day, God. You can bank on it. So often, one day never comes. Start today immediately. You know, the one with two talents made two more. Got the same reward as the one with five talents who made five more. You read the scripture, exactly the same reward. It's not how many talents, friends. It's what you do with the talents God gives you. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. Fasten your seatbelts. This is going to happen for every one of us. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Friends, each one of us individually, not with your wife, your kids, or anyone on your own, will stand, I will stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ. And he will ask you this question, what did you do? with the gifts I gave you to use for my glory? That's the question you'll be asked. And on that day, friends, no excuse is going to help you. You might say, I tried, it didn't work. I didn't have time. I was afraid to fail. Friends, it won't help. I've been hurt. I got offended. People spoke about me. It's my gift. I don't have to use it. 
Friends, it's a very serious thing to not use our gifts to serve God. Because the master is coming back and he's going to settle accounts with everybody. Presidents, CEOs, electricians, teachers, doctors, lawyers, laborers, mothers, teachers, everyone. There's a performance review coming. It will make every other performance review look insignificant. That's what the one servant, one talent servant forgot. He forgot that there was a day of judgment that would come and he would have to give an account for what he had done. As part of Church Unlimited, I want you to hear me because I don't want you to stand before God seriously on that day and say, God, I never knew this. You know it today. There are people who have had visions of this day and they said, if you have not used your gifts as God intended, they said, it is one of the most terrifying moments in your life. Frightening. We hear the words that God speaks effectively to the student, who, to the one talent person who didn't use the gifts. He says in verse, verse 26, you wicked and lazy servant. If we don't use our gifts, God's judgment, wicked and lazy. I'm saying this with all the pastoral care that I can, friends, and with compassion, because I'm concerned. I'm concerned for you. I'm concerned for people who don't use their gifts, because there's a day of reckoning coming, friends. I don't ever want God to say to me, Tark, you wicked and lazy servant. God forbid that any of us will ever hear those words. These are serious things, friends, that we're talking about today. But as long as you are living, here's the good news, it's not too late. It's not too late to start using the gifts that God has given you. It's not too late. I say start today, get out this form, sign up, go to the information desk and say, hey, I am ready. And I would say do it today because the impact of this message will quickly fade. You know, you may be feeling it now, but I tell you in a day's time, you'll think, oh no, forget about that. If you're feeling it now, friends, do something Sort it out, get involved, and start serving. Verse 20 to 21, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. 